Coming to you live on a Tuesday night after a Jazz win against the Brooklyn Nets. Post-game, all that Jazz podcast where you get the hottest takes around. Fresh takes, fresh game, fresh thoughts. I am your host, Zach Hazeldine, joined as always by the handsome, the incredible, the brains of the show, Ben Jones. That is quite a compliment. Thank you. You took your hat off and your hair's kind of slicked back. Yeah, I... You uh, almost look like Quinn Snyder. That's... Is that a compliment? It is a compliment. (laughs) Um, I think one of the things that we need to talk about tonight is that Coach Quinn got a haircut. I don't know if you saw that on tonight's broadcast. Oh, yeah. They zoomed in a couple times. Coach Quinn is looking nice. Mm. Now he's only being a... Regular nine to five vampire, you know. Exactly. I, I don't think he looks like a vampire. He looks like almost like Christian Bale in American Psycho. Okay, a psychopath. Yeah, a little bit, but um, it, at least that vibe. Uh, but anyways, Coach Quinn got a haircut. We're off to a hell of a start. Oh yeah! By the way, we the Jazz have won ten ten straight games. The Jazz have also <laughs> won ten straight games in a row. We're in the middle of uh, almost history. We we have a chance to break the, the franchise record for win streak, which is 12 in a row. Um, so two in a row to tie it, and then one more after that to mm-hmm. get the lucky 13, and we have set a franchise record. Ben, how you doing? I'm very happy. That was a nice game. We had a nice lead. We didn't blow it. We we maintained we it. Stayed in front and then never yeah. looked back. Kyrie had a great game and we still won. We still won. Yeah, it was an awesome game. I was so happy. I was it's stressed. uh, it's been like a. I, I, as Jazz fans, I think we're kind of in an interesting place, and I don't really know if I know what to do with it, because I, I mean, last year we went on kind of a run the year before that we went on this incredible run but we were so used to losing that every game was like this action-packed like i can't believe they won again like (laughs) this is incredible you know because we we'd we had lost like 30 games in a row (laughs) you know the 130 in a row and it was just incredible and now we're just kind of on cruise control it's very relaxing you know things are just clicking man yeah like everyone on the bench everyone in the starting unit we even got guys like georges niang gorgeous georges as some would call him that are out there knocking down threes that are playing at a high level yeah we get rajon tucker emmanuel moutier a lot to be excited about. A lot. Instead of just, blah, we, I guess we just won 10 in a row. Well, I mean, the the nice part about this is, and this is kind of every jazz season, where there's always a hellish stretch where it just feels like the world is ending. This has happened every year for as long as it feels like I can remember. But you know what? It makes these these times feel a lot better. It certainly does. I prefer to win over lose, and I prefer to record podcasts after we win than when we lose. Mm-hmm. Even though sometimes it feels like we just discuss the same thing week after week when we're in the middle of a win streak. Kind of, yeah. I mean, These times will not last forever. Uh, for you folks that have not looked ahead into the schedule or to the end of April like we have, I'm here to tell you that it's going to get a little rocky um, starting on January 25th. For an entire calendar month, I think we play one non-Western Conference playoff team during that stretch. And it's like there's a stretch where it's like it goes Nuggets, Portland, Houston, Spurs, Spurs, <laughs> Houston, Portland, Nuggets. But like eight games in a row against those teams. But I think we're at the point where it's like we're not going to win every one of those games. So we should be favored in most of those games. We're at that level. I'm confident now. And why are you confident, Ben? Let's dive into that. What are you seeing? Well, I mean... Let's, I, let's, let's break it down. Let's get into the show, the meat of it all. What are you seeing? Like the first 12 games, uh, the Jazz were struggling, but they were winning games because mm-hmm. were, we, were, we weren't playing good teams at like the first 10 games. We um, were a new team. We had yeah, 10 new guys yeah. on the floor. Then we had that stretch where we lost every game, it felt like. Um, And now we're winning games. We're not playing against good teams, but it feels different, you know. 
it feels like the offense is clicking. It feels like everyone is. Well, and it feels like the defense is also kind of arrived. Yes. I mean, we have breakdowns, but our defense is much better. Starting to kind of get its chops back. Yeah, it's much better. Be like the thing. Rudy's always been great this year, but the problem was guys. It was literally just guys being like stable, being. I don't know, calm is another way to, to put it, but like just not making dumb mistakes. The Jazz, and I agree with that, and I have a couple of thoughts as to why we have won 10 in a row, and we're going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to talk about tonight's game in particular. Yeah, Ben's pointing at our Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert bobbleheads and, the and Donovan. Donovan Mitchell bobblehead um, that we have here on set. For those of you that aren't aware, we do record ourselves for some reason mm-hmm. and post it on YouTube. We also, this is kind of news, we also have a Twitter account now. Uh, we missed administration. We missed, yeah. Ma- we uh, the administration segment of the show, which I know everybody hates. Including us, probably. I personally skip it when I re-listen to our shows. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, as Ben mentioned, we do have a Twitter account. Um, we'd love to start interacting with our fans a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We'd love for you to react to us, give us some feedback, give us some thoughts. Ben, what's our handle? Jazz underscore pod. Yeah, I know. There you have it. If you want to email us, if you don't like the Twitters. Mm-hmm. If you want to email us. It's uh, the best Utah jazz pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Did I mess that up? Yeah, kind of. Uh, you got the gist of it, though. Best Utah Jazz Podcast at gmail.com. So I threw in, like, the is, like, the Ohio State. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Best Utah Jazz Pod. Did I mess it up again? Yeah. Podcast, Zach. Say it one more time. Best Utah. For the people in the back. Best Utah Jazz Podcast at gmail.com. There you have it, folks. You can send us an email, or you can now tweet at us. Mm-hmm. Um, another surprising announcement. And new to the show, this just coming in, we actually broke our record for the most listens that we've ever had after last week's show. I think our final number was 132. Mm-hmm. For those of you that are listening, we thank you, no we, matter where you are. Somehow. Uh, Croatia has actually fallen off a bit, yeah. and I'm not sure why, but we've also seen a surge in listens in the UK. Mm-hmm. For, so for those of you in London... Top of the morning to you. Thank you for listening to the show. Our thoughts are with you as Prince Harry is deciding to leave the royal family. Oh, I know boy. this from and my wife's all into it, and I am too, to be frank. It, I don't know why. <laughs> Anyways, cutting back to the jazz, now that we've been off track. <laughs> and the administration the is in the Yeah, we're, we're done with that. Back to the real nitty-gritty. We're on a 10-game win streak, um, and we've won, I think it's now, is it 14 out of 15, or is it 15 out of 16? 14 out of 15. It, oh, we're, oh. At, we're, we're playing at a very, very high level, and oh. there's two things that I really kind of want to go over right now. The first one, well, there's actually more than that, but I have a couple thoughts that I want to start with. The let's first start, one is, the game, yeah. from tonight, you want to go into tonight's game? Yeah, I mean, we And it kind of highlights the win streak it. in tonight's yeah. game as well. Joseph Hallsworth Ingles has lit the world on fire. I don't. This is. A, I'm thinking of an awful joke when you said "lit the world on fire" and well, Australia. I think we all did. It was a poor choice of words. It's kind of coincided with the the tragedy going on there. But I uh, take that back. But for real, <laughs> he has played at such a high level that we probably should start referring to him by his full government name, which is Joseph Hallsworth Ingles. Seriously, it is that good. And yeah. this is the Joe Ingles that we needed. This was the Joe Ingles mm-hmm. that we had to have back. Where, you know, we, in November and December, I mean, we were itching for this. We were itching for the guy that was John with people. Yeah. I mean, tonight he was 6 of 8 for 3 with 27 points. And I just, just wa- ruthless. I just wanted to break that 27-point career high so badly. Agreed. Yeah, he's done it like twice this year, if I remember. Agreed. And I think that ties – I think there was a game last year where he had it too where we were all like, whoa, Joe, where is this coming from? And now it's like – I mean, over the last like week – 
And I know we're playing the the class of the Eastern Conference over the last week <laughs> with wins over the Knicks, the Hornets, the Wizards, and Brooklyn tonight. Brooklyn? Yeah. It's like Joe's just like, oh, yeah, here's another game where Joe had 24 points and yeah. four boards and six assists like, and knocked down. Like, he missed two threes all night. I mean, it's like th- this is just becoming normal Joe. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can think of is how – and we talked a lot about this at the beginning of the season, and then it kind of died. Preseason, we were talking about space and the ability to play with space because of the talent that we've got. Mm-hmm. I think we're starting to see the benefits of this now. Yeah. Because there's also this guy named Bogey that is torching the league. I mean, like that game on Sunday, for Again, example. Again, with the fire. Well, I say that all the time. It just <laughs> it's just what I say. I don't know why. But that game on Sunday, like another example of it all, like Bogey has thirty one or thirty two points. He had thirty five a week ago when he mm-hmm. had his thirty five zero 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 game. And then you start mixing in all these other components and it's like we're starting to see a glimpse of maybe what the jazz future is, and it's hard to not be very, very excited. Absolutely. You get Joe going. You get, I mean, Rudy was a beast tonight. I don't know what was up with his compression shirt and double shooter sleeves. He, but he, he guess looks, what? He Keep looks, wearing it, dude. That that outfit I'm I'm out on, but if, if he plays like that. <laughs> do it. Do you it. You look like a total I mean, nerd, but keep doing it. He was unbelievable. The thing I was thinking about during this game was, do you remember the Rudy Gobert quote where he said he needs the ball more? Uh-huh. I think he was right. Well, the, uh, at the time, that was kind of hard to see because we weren't seeing the ball movement, the the no, I know the the pass sharing, the shot consistency. I mean, to be to be honest with you, we haven't even mentioned Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, that's in the, any of this segment. Which how I mean, awesome is that? Exactly. That's it. Exactly. That's but exactly this what is we like wanted. what a team that is coming together. This is the the product of it. Yeah. And then you start mixing in some other guys like. Jordan Clarkson, Emmanuel Moutier, mm-hmm. they get on the floor and like suddenly our bench is like through the roof good. Uh, about time the bench is like becoming consistent. I don't want to say this because it's a hot take, but I feel very strongly about this. Don't say we have the bench best, best bench in the league. No, I don't want to say that. Okay. <laughs> but I d- think this deserves to be talked about tonight. How much credit do we need to give this win streak to? Due to Jordan Clarkson, ooh, um, I think we disagree on this. I, I, I am c- pretty lukewarm about Jordan Clarkson. Like I get, tell us why. I see what he brings that we don't have. Right, the scoring and well, that's about it. Right, he can. He's kind of a only a scorer and any and a shooter. Um, which is what we've needed. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like he's missing a lot of the other stuff. With he he gets a little tunnel vision, um, but when he's making and the you know the defense, he's kind of like always a second late. He's just late on stuff. His, I feel like he just doesn't process things as quickly as you know better. Like it's it's not a knock because I still think he's okay defensively, but I just and I think it's good because. What he brings, other players on the team don't necessarily bring. But what those other players have, he doesn't have. So it, it works out fine. But I, I don't know how. I think like we there's several games we wouldn't have won without Jordan Clarkson. But I don't think that trade was some huge deal breaker that saved our season. That's what I think. And I'm gonna push back on you on that. And I'm not going to take it, like, for everything you said in, like, you know, pound. And we totally agree. Um, but on this show, we do disagree on certain things, and that's a healthy thing. We, we discuss the state of the jazz, and we respect one another's decisions ultimately. Here's my thoughts with Clarkson and what he brings to the table. In November, um, I think on probably all that jazz episode two, or maybe it was one or three. It was somewhere in the early stages of when we started. We were in the middle of our woes, and our bench especially was bottom of the league. I mean, we were terrible. And 
the thing that I kept coming back to as I was watching these games and like my gut feel and like looking at it all was the bench is just it just doesn't have a spark. There's just not that guy that can get in the game and to be honest with you, like we were losing games because of the bench because our starters would come out, they'd go on this huge run. We had nothing to punch back with. Jordan Clarkson is that guy. And the reason why I say that is because he I think he changed the culture of the Utah Jazz bench. He's a high energy guy. He is pure hustle. And the dude can score. And I don't think that he he necessarily I mean like tonight we saw him not have the best night ever. But he still finds ways to get I, in the I, game and impact it. I thought he was actually pretty good tonight. He he had a couple times where like and I think you notice it more in Brooklyn because you're watching basketball with people that like eat, sleep, breathe basketball. Yeah. Well, I'm not like expecting. A lot of people say that like New York is the soul of basketball, which with is MSG incorrect. And um, in Brooklyn, I mean, their court looks like it's made to look like Rutgers Park, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And they give it to you. And he he bricked a three pretty bad tonight. It wasn't even a brick. He actually missed it all. But you're the play right. that I was really really stoked on was. The ball came loose. It was it was up for grabs, and there's Jordan Clarkson in the middle of three Brooklyn Nets, and he's the only one on the floor mm-hmm. going after a loose ball. He's the only one that's chasing, you know, getting a steal and throwing a pass. And it's like those kind of plays that I'm like, that's that's what changes the culture of the Jazz bench. So you plug mm-hmm. him in. He's got this swagger. He's got all the confidence in the world. He clearly can score. I mean, he's going to score on any second unit in the NBA. Yeah. And he's in the NBA he can do it from reason. everywhere. He's run the pick and roll. He can hit that stupid little, like, kind of turnaround hook shot in the paint where he finishes over people. Yep. He shoots the three ball pretty decent. You know, he's not going to be in the three-point contents this year. I think, I think he's a good shooter. But he's a good shooter. And I, I see this, and I'm, like, flipping Dante Exum, who was not going to get on the floor, for this that is 100% something that changed this team and changed the course of it. And I don't think that it was necessarily a move that's like the Jazz are going to be the fifth seed with Dante Exum and the first seed with Jordan Clarkson. I don't know if it's necessarily that. But at the end of the season, I think we are going to be able to look back on some games and yeah. be like, okay, he clearly has made a huge difference and we've won more games because of him yeah he's he's definitely contributing i, I definitely agree with that but i i'm all about it yeah i am all about jordan clarkson i mm-hmm. don't think we're going to be able to keep him next year but at the same time it's like we'll take you i mean step in and play he's a, he seems to be a good fit he seems yeah. to be a good teammate i mean this is the best team he's probably ever been on well I, this is the longest win streak he's ever been on and it's because we're undefeated since he's been on our team yeah He's like our version of Trevor Lawrence. Which I've seen some minus people... Minus the LSU game. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen some people like... I've or Sorry, not we. I've seen some people who've been like, oh, Jeff Green was a problem. But it's like, you know, we won five straight games before we made all those moves. And I get it, Jeff Green wasn't helping. He was part of the well, problem. Well, allegedly, we wanted to move Jeff Green so that we could play... And there's a debate going as to what his nickname is right now, but we call him Gorgeous Georges Niang. And allegedly, that was why we moved him, because Quinn saw what we had in Gorgeous Georges, or as the players call him, Mr. Minivan. Change it. They need to change it. It's Gorgeous Georges. That's, if you have that nickname in, you just got to write it. I mean, jazz players, if you're listening, which you're not, call him Gorgeous Georges because the minivan sucks. I'll say it, it. But it's a funny story. Um, you're, sure. you're a multi-millionaire playing in the NBA, or at least a hundred thousandaire if you're in the Yang. And uh, <laughs> he's he making... said he wanted a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> said he liked him, so the players all jab him with it and rib him <laughs> with calling him minivan and whatnot, which is funny. He seems like a nice guy, honestly. Well, yeah. I mean, once again, as, seems we, cool. as we discussed last week, um, Cam, who will leave anonymous, friend of the show, and personal friend of gorgeous Georges Niang can vouch for him and say he's a good guy. I am going to eat crow. You ready? I the segment we have all been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I uh, I own apology to Georges Niang, one hundred percent. 
Um, on what basis? Well, it's like in the earlier part of the year, I didn't think his shooting was a game changer. Like, I didn't think he was going to be a legit shooter. But uh, he's come on of lately. And I, I don't, he had don't a game know. last week where he was like, yeah, six of yeah. seven or six of eight like, shooting threes and but, uh, five of eight, I guess, yeah. and 15 points. But my my point earlier in the season was like, if he's not going to make threes, he should just not be in the NBA, which he wasn't making threes. I'm not here to defend myself, but I, I called him out because he was, he was really bad defensively. He's been a little bit better, but he's hitting the threes now, and uh, that's, that's why he's on the court. That's a very accepted. I apologize. Accepted. I, I to jazz to all the jazz faithful out there listening to the all that jazz podcast. You you've owned your words, members of the media, self-proclaimed members of the media. Whew. We are owning our crap here. Yeah, you guys need to do some of that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Good. The thing that I'll say with Niang, because I've also been called out in asking for an apology, and I'm not ready to give one. I kind of gave one last week. I think Georges Niang's playing is conditional. And this is what I mean by that. The scouting report is now out. Like, people now know that this no-name, gorgeous Georges Niang, as he's referred to as on this show, um, is going to get in the game and he's going to knock down threes. Especially if he's open in the corner. He's shooting it extremely well. And I'm curious to see what happens long-term with this well, with this thing, I don't know if he's a viable option long term. Like you, you, you start playing some of the class of the West. Like I mentioned that mm-hmm. stretch where we've got eight games against the same four teams. Um, let's see what happens and how effective Niang is, and if he pushes the team forward against the Rockets, the Nuggets, the Spurs, and all that stuff. And the reason why I bring that up is I think Clarkson is going to do that. I think Moutier is going to do that they're still going to have an effect on that game during those games. I don't know if Niang does because he is very one-dimensional, to mm-hmm. your point. Yes. It's 3 and D. But and yeah, he's I, not even really D. He's I, mostly just 3. I think at this point, though, it's like his his three-point shot is an NBA skill you can count on. It's all the rage these days yeah. is being able to but, knock that down. But about your point about him getting these open shots, why do you think he's getting these open shots – and, and here's an interesting thing. Uh, Joe Ingles went on uh, the low post today, and he said something that I listened to, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that makes a ton of sense, that I thought about but never, like, okay, I, I hadn't thought about it because I'm an idiot. But he said, like. He's just not Zach Lowe. If we got no, Paige Joe, be- Joe Ingles said this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, you're not Joe Ingles either. So I wish. I don't think that makes you an idiot. Otherwise, uh, would all be. But the, his point was basically, and I was going to mention this earlier, but I forgot. Um, his point was the defense needs to pick and choose Rudy um, rolling to the rim, and it's going to get guys open corner threes, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why Tony Bradley is playing over at Davis, because Tony Bradley is proving that he can roll, roll to the, the rim, rim and, and roll Ed, hard. And Ed Davis, I mean, if we're being honest, couldn't. Yeah. And so he he said that, and I was like, "Wow, that makes a ton of sense." Like, the the th- it's basically picking your poison if you're the defense. Where Rudy, it's he's going to shoot seventy five percent, you know, in the interior, or you're going to have legit corner three, you know, shooters. I was we were listening to the, Ben and I watched the game tonight, mm-hmm. um, so it's re- truly a post game show but it's more about you know the jazz instead of just tonight because we're on a historic run here or potentially historic um we were watching the game though and i i had the feed um pulled up that was from the nets feed um and their announcer and i don't know his name but apparently he just won an award for best broadcaster i have no idea what it was wait wait wait. is he young do we see a picture of him Mm -hmm. I think he looked young, but he was really old. Like, kind of one of those old dudes that looks young because he goes tanning a lot. So, wait, does he have, like, he has, does he have really short hair? Short and, like, kind of, like, overly gelled hair. Yes, I know. know. And he, he does some looks games like for a, ESPN, too. Oh, does he? 
Yeah. Okay. He's, so he's you, actually you know, all right. I, don't no, I, I really actually enjoyed listening to the broadcast. Uh, it was very exciting. It yeah. was not biased. Sometimes when you listen to other teams' pod or uh, broadcasts, they're you know, and everybody's biased for their own team. You know, they're employed by them. They're listen. supposed to be, but they're annoying about it. And this guy was like, he was calling the game. He wasn't mm-hmm. calling the nets. He was he was calling the game, and he pointed out the exact same thing. And they they pulled up this diagram. Which I was like, holy cow, AT&T Sportsnet, you should be watching this. And essentially it pulled up a pick and roll play where they broke it down like it was like between timeouts or like free throws or when the refs were like sorting something out. And uh, they, they pulled up a pick and roll play between Joe and um, Rudy, which resulted in a corner three for Bogey. Mm-hmm. And then they showed it again later in the broadcast where there was another one where like it pinballed out. And we made it the extra pass, and it ended. I can't even remember who ended up shooting the ball, but they they brought up the exact same point where defense is like it's literally pick your poison. You're going to give up a three, or you're going to give up a dunk to Rudy. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we said we wanted yeah. in the preseason, and it's taken us like four months to get it, and now here it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and we, how refreshing is that? So we have a, yeah, we have a ton of we screen a lot on ball and off ball. Yeah, the movement of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm watching too much football right now mixed with the Jazz. The only thing I think of is like the 49ers run motion on 79% of their plays. The Jazz screen and use that motion mm-hmm. at the top of the key where they do these little weird handoffs and yeah. switches 95% of the time. That is their half-court offense. Yeah, and For- it, it, It's what we've seen in this 10-game win streak. Mm-hmm incredibly effective yeah i mean for all the credit three-point shooting gets of opening up the spacing no one talks about what getting to the rim opens up for three-pointers you know what i mean it's well and then you get guy like rudy made a pass tonight where he kicked it out the was going to the rim and he kicked it out and i was just like man this is like the third dimension to all this like you Mm -hmm. get a center that can make passes not necessarily all the time, because you don't really want that. You want them going to the rim hard, thinking dunk. But when it's open, you know, kick it out. It was like to Royce or somebody. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if they made it or not, but I saw that and was like, we are. Yeah, we're clicking. I never thought that. I mean, as Jazz fans, we have so much to be excited about. Yeah. And, you know, the other point that I wanted to bring up earlier was I think this offense is very, very favorable for interchangeable play. When we talk about positionless basketball, mm-hmm. and so many times we think of that as we're going to go start five guys under 6-4. I mean, two through four is essentially, offensively is essentially the same. It, well, it, well, it is. In, like, positionless basketball, like, I get that. Like, it, the Warriors style, Draymond's the center, that's 6-6 six, six or whatever he is, 6-8, blah, 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 blah. I have a new idea with what I saw, and this was actually on Sunday's game, where we play interchangeable basketball. And it's a new thing that I've thought about. And what I thought I, like where I noticed it was we inserted Moutier into the starting lineup and didn't miss really a beat. We played terrible in the first half. We, we didn't shoot the ball well. Our defense was suspect. And like there were some things to improve on. But I think we saw this inter, this theory of interchangeable basketball in the second half of that game. So and what what I mean by that is who can initiate the offense on this team? It's okay. Joe Ingles, it's Donovan Mitchell, it's Jordan Clarkson, it's Emmanuel Moutier, but Royce bo- bo- O'Neal, Boyan, Boyan. Boyan Bogdanovich. Oh, and there's this other guy named Mike Conley who can also initiate that offense. And so you look at all this and you go, yeah, like there's preferred people that we want to bring it up and do this. But it's all an interchangeable part. They all know their role. And this is, this is going to lead into another segment of the show. For all of you people out there that are calling for Mike Conley to be traded, you need to stop now. This is a warning. You are going to regret your words. You're going to regret your tweets. And you're going to regret your call-outs to those in the media calling for Mike Conley's head to be traded. Stop. 
Stop while you are ahead. Because what this Jazz team has done with this interchangeable play, you've taught everybody to be in the right position on the floor, whoever initiates it, which is most of the time Don right now, it results in wide open three looks, dunks, or layups. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it is remarkable to watch. That's why this second unit is gaining traction is because we can put Clarkson in there and things just start working. We can put Moody in there. Things just start working. And it's like we're a well-oiled machine. And it, that's a lot to be excited about. Ben, am I too hyped? No. You're am I wrong in this? Listen, I will never tell you how to feel, how to be a fan. I will never tell you that's how to be a fan. That's why you're my co-host. Yes. You're a good co-host. Yeah. Uh, I support you and yours too, man. The thing about the interchangeable that I thought was interesting was that's kind of the Quinn Snyder thing. He wants every player to be able to put the ball on the floor, to shoot, to move the ball, all that stuff. Um, You look at these players, and we do have a lot of guys. It gives us an attack angle from instead of what most teams have. Like you look at the Rockets, their attack angle is James Harden or Westbrook. But one – in like 1A in 80% of the time, it is James Harden. You put the ball in, like I know Donovan, we want the ball in his hands as, as much and as often as we can. And that's on purpose because he's a fantastic player. The mm-hmm. fourth quarter tonight was evidence of that. But you look at like the greater of the game, the whole game, we have an attack angle from four out of the five guys on the floor that can initiate things, get it going, yeah. and be featured. I mean, it makes us unguardable. You put Mike Conley in that, who can play off ball, and I know that's something that's weird because he, there's that stat out there that said like last year in Memphis he had the ball in his hands like seventy percent of the time because <laughs> Memphis just didn't go after anyone else who could have the ball. It was the Conley show, yeah. and I know that's like a hard thing, but like there's a lot the the counter argument to the we should trade Conley is look at how good Donovan's playing. All I have to say is, can you imagine how good Donovan's playing? Yeah, it's, while Mike Conley's playing good, that's what we can do, folks. People who think Donovan is playing good because Conley is not playing, stop. That is not. That is not. They true. both can play without the ball. Like that's the way this offense is built. They can both be featured. They can both be used in the second unit and mixed and changed mm-hmm. into all this machine that is the Utah Jazz. Well, and we just become literally unguardable when we got Mike Conley on one side and Donovan on the other and they heaven forbid they take turns bringing the ball up or whatever they want to do to be Mm -hmm. featured or initiate the offense or whatever it is it's going to be a thing of freaking beauty and if we want to survive February and come out unscathed Mm -hmm. relatively speaking I know we'll drop a couple we've got to have Mike Conley you want to you want to survive the playoffs we got to have Mike Conley. Another interesting thing from the Joe Ingles interview today was Zach Lowe said that he saw Conley playing in practice today. He said he looked good. So the hamstrings kind of, they're bringing him up to full speed. Yeah, so what did I predict? January 22nd? You did. We have a history on this show of predicting correctly when yeah. things would turn around. Sorry, uh, about, but about your point of like having initiators, four initiators, it's compl- like the complete, it's the way to get more than the sum of your parts. It's to mm-hmm. have it's ball movement and stuff like that. Like the Rockets, you brought them up. It's like, hey, James Harden, everyone will stand around. You know, mm-hmm. uh, get ready to shoot a three. But in a way, they're not really getting the most out of their players. Out of, I mean, they are just you know getting some things out of guys just saying, hey, just shoot the ball, giving them one. Here, Aaron Gordon. Yeah, just shoot it. You know. But it opens it opens things up also on the three point line when we get to the rim. Like you mm-hmm. you hear a lot of people talk about, hey, three pointers, shoot as many threes as possible. You know, you need to shoot threes, analytics say this, mid range sucks. I mean, all that stuff. Modier's mid range is it's nice. It's real nice. But my point is Three pointing it opens up spacing mm-hmm. for driving lanes. Tonight you could kind of see that a little bit with yeah. Brooklyn. They they decided to take away the three ball and, and we Rudy and feasted. Exactly. My point is driving lanes 
with a legit player opens up three-point shots. Mm-hmm. You look at Giannis, you look at LeBron, you look at Anthony Davis, you look at scorers like that, you look at guys that can get downhill and go, go to the rim, it creates open threes. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying – if we as a group can do that collectively of opening things up by getting to the rim, that's the, that's just that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, well, when you look at all this, and, and Ben, you're bringing up like more thoughts, like – who can get to the rim out of this group of players? A lot. Which Donovan, one? Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Emmanuel Moutier, Joe Ingles, Bojan. Well, who who like those? I'd say were your primary ones. Where all of them are very effective at getting to the rim, finishing, yeah. passing, what doing what they need to do. With with Joe, it's not like scoring, but it's like moving Joe Ingles the ball. is a fantastic pick and roll player. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's like, and I feel like he, it's so effective. Like he does this little ball fake. I am, I am dying to know when people are going to learn. Oh, listen, Joe's not going to pass the ball. It works four times a game. As it's like left hand layup, good. As someone who has an old man game myself, I can tell you, people don't learn. Okay, no, they love the ball fake, man. They're not going to get burnt on that pass. When you have to give up a layup, (laughs) when you have an old man game, you have like. Five different things you try to do to get the defense off balance. And they always fall for one of those. Is they always fake? do. It It's like head fakes. It's like jab steps. Like stuff like like very simple stuff. But you have to time it right and stuff like that. Yes, uh, Joe, Joe, like, I, I so and that kind of goes back to this interchangeable basketball theory. You know, you look at. You look at this, though, and you're going, holy cow. Like, we've got a lot of players that can, to Ben's point, get downhill, get the ball movement going, and that's when you see the blender start in ping, ping, ping passing. Oh, it messes with the defense. And it, it well, just, it, it's completely unpredictable. I mean, and that's, that's what's so incredible. I mean, another highlight from tonight's game that I saw, um, someone penetrated. Rudy said an amazing pick, penetrated. Um, they they denied the alley oop play that time, so they kick it out to Donovan, who catches the ball. Probably had an open three, but instead of doing that, he kicks it up to the top to Joe Ingles, who buried it. And it's like, good luck. It's great. Good luck opposing teams. Like that's why that's why I say, and I don't want to get like too far onto the Jazz hype train because I know. This is a jazz podcast. Well, but like get as hyped as possible. Well, what I'm trying to say is like I know we're in a 10 game win tr- streak, and I want to try to be realistic as best I can in what I'm seeing and stuff like that. But this is the type of style of play that makes me say, and I've said it like while we were losing, I am not scared of a team in the NBA. When we beat the Clippers, I was like, that was the evidence. Because we were playing this way, and now we're arguably playing better. I am not scared of a single team in this league. If I was the Clippers, I would trade for Derek Favors right now. Because I would be afraid of them if they brought in Derek Favors. I would be, yeah. But, like, why did you even say that? Sorry. Like, let's not even put that out there. I, I have these thoughts all the time. But yeah, let's not even put that out there because <laughs> that would just be too much. <laughs> but and I, I I'm actually like I'm really excited for this this test coming up at the beginning of, or the end of next week. If uh, I on told the 25th, you, we that's when it begins. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how we fare against the Nuggets and the Rockets. I hope we wipe the floor with the Houston Rockets. Ugh. I hate them so bad. Enemies of the show. Oh, I I hope we wipe the floor with them, and I want to see Harden puzzled like he was when he was playing the Warriors and. He just gets that look where you know he's defeated. I want to see that every single time we play them. <laughs> and I, I want to see Westbrook get teed up and thrown out of the game. Hopefully because it's not we're not because we're racists. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I hope that he gets frustrated with this play, gets teed up. I, I want to see the Jazz work yeah. good teams and prove to the league that we're worthy of being talked about Yeah, and to be put on notice. So, I mean, it starts the 25th of... Uh this Isn't month. it with against uh, the Mavs? The Mavs. Which, if people don't know, I'm just going to put this out there. And this is not because I'm racist. Uh, Luka Doncic is my favorite non-jazz player. So that might be a little hard for me to watch. Westbrook's going to sue you. <laughs> just kidding. We're not going to make light of that. 
No, because we have one play. We have one person banned from the show, and it's because he's in fact a racist. Shane um, Keisel, he's banned from the show. Yeah, shame on shame. Shame on shame. Anyways, um, back to that. I I'm really looking forward to that game. Which one? The Mavs? The Mavs game. Yeah. Um, looking I mean, all looking the at the schedule coming up, any last thoughts that you've got from the last week or things that you feel like need to be discussed? Uh, Manuel Moutier. Manny. I Credit to a uh, friend of the show, Logan Richard Douglas. I'm going to take credit for this because I'm going to be arrogant because I feel like it. I... Have believed in Emmanuel Moutier for a long time. I loved him game one, and yeah, game one of yeah. this season, he got in the game and he finished at the rim. And I, I texted Ben, I think, and I said, "It looks like we have a new Alec Burks on hand because he had this crazy finish." Mm-hmm. And I, you know, his game's nowhere close to Alec Burks, yeah. but uh, wow. I mean, after the Pelicans game, we're not going to be able to keep him this off season. If we are, we're going to. If he's if he's playing like this we rest will pay season, dearly. Yeah. Uh, after that, when we played the Pelicans, I compared him offensively to Drew Holiday, which was kind of crazy. But I'm it. My point is this with Emmanuel Mudiay. Uh, I watched him on the Knicks, and I didn't. I'm not going to tell you I'm some avid Knicks watcher. I hope for your the sake of your soul that you are not. Yeah, because you know I have morals. I I have a life. Come on. But well, just the mental capacity that watching the Knicks play basketball would take on you, and weigh on you. People that can like I would lose you. I only have respect for Knicks fans that like you mean, actually like your mom are would fans. Start crying and saying, "I've lost my little Ben. You're not <laughs> the same person that you were because you watch too much Knicks basketball." I I have. O- only like words of respect towards Knicks fans because how you can still be a fan at this point? Like, They're hanging on to that is Patrick Ewing. <laughs> wow, I mean they've sucked for twenty, 20 years. years now. Twenty years <laughs> made one playoff appearance and got yeah. killed by the Heat. Anyways, uh, Emmanuel Mudiay through the first ten games, you could see something was different. He just seen he just had a really good attitude. Mm-hmm. And he was also, I mean, he seemed like he was in a favorable position, favorable position with playing, you know, with a good culture, good teammates, great coach. Uh, and we are, I, I said on one of our first episodes, like, yeah, Moutier, I think he's going to benefit a lot more than the Jazz are going to benefit. Um, and right now we're, the Jazz have benefited. We well, and that, I think the proof of that is that game against Washington. And I know he yeah. wasn't on the floor to close the game. He still put up like f- fantastic. The thing that I'm noticing with it, beyond numbers, beyond his ability to score, which he's, was he's on so under control, a showcase. He has reduced the amount of mistakes he makes in a game. I, yeah, and it's made him efficient, and it's made him a well, threat, I like mean, to the point where it's like we've got full faith in him. I you put him out on the floor at the second unit. Go. Yeah. I mean, just go. I I've always believed in Moutier, and I've been critical of his mistakes. He's a he's an error. He has some errors. He makes some mistakes. They were bad habits. I mean, he had bad but, habits. but to his credit, that's exactly why he came here was I to mean, break those things. And, and you're seeing that now. It's I mean, it's blown me away because it makes me happy that like here's a guy who wanted to take control of his career, um, and he did. He went to a good organization. And, but he, he was also willing to learn. When we're seeing those things, and that that yeah. is that like it, and that's the part where we benefit from it is yeah. the the amount we've put in. We're we're starting to gather those out. Ben uh, sent me a pretty interesting uh, screenshot the other day, <sighs> and earlier in the show we had a segment where Ben issued a public apology, and he owned his words from the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And that takes him off of something that we like to call the freezing cold takes. We are ripping it off from the Twitter account, freezing cold takes. Yes. For those of you that haven't seen it, go ahead and take a look. They hold the media accountable for the stupid things that they say. Mm-hmm. We thought in light of the great play that Emmanuel Moutier, a.k.a. Manny, um, credit to Logan for the nickname, which I kind of like. Manny sounds like a great name for him. Um... He's 
been a part of this lead, this charge to this 10-game win streak. But there have been certain members of the media, um, namely Andy Bailey. Dan Clayton. Dan Clayton. And Ben Dowsett. Ben Dowsett. And Andy Larson. And, of course, public enemy one, Andy Larson. <laughs> um, yeah. In the jazz media, that is. Not that he's really an enemy, but I, he gets himself in trouble. I, I don't even know if he doesn't even seem like a douchebag. Like he, I mean, just, he probably doesn't. He just says things to get him in trouble. It's just, dude, stop taking risks. Just yeah. do the easy thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, these these fellers um, who tend to watch a lot of Utah Jazz basketball and get themselves into a lot of trouble for having freezing cold takes. Uh, ben, why don't you go ahead and read some of these things regarding Moutier? All right. Uh, ben Dowsett said uh, December 9th, 2019. I do not understand how Moutier continues to play this level of minutes. Okay, whatever. Because he was getting like 20 a night. Yeah. And, and then Conley got and hurt he, and the he, first time. He's been playing well, and he's had bad stretches. But he mostly, like, you could tell there was a difference this year. There was. Next. Dan Clayton said this. I absolutely think that by All-Star Weekend, the Jazz's rotation will be Conley, Donovan, Joe, Bogey, Rudy, Clarkston, Ray John Tucker, Royce O'Neal, Georges Niang, Ed Davis. So he listed everybody but Emmanuel Moody. And then he continued to say, but that's partially because I remain completely unimpressed with Moody's ability to run a team. He said that December 26th, 2019, so relatively. Wow. Wow. Uh, Andy Larson uh, said Emmanuel Moody equals 2019 Jamal Crawford. Which I'm just going to say this. That is, that's one of those things that you should probably just... No. Don't. What you should do is you should verbally say it to yourself. Okay? <laughs> say, it, say it in front of the mirror. And when you look at yourself in the face and you, it, it tastes bad and your face looks bad coming out, put your phone down and stay away from Twitter. Because if you don't, you end up on the All That Jazz podcast <laughs> being told that you probably need to apologize for saying something stupid. So I'm going to quote Dwight Schrute on this. Not exactly, but what did he say? I think to myself, would, would an, an idiot, idiot do this thing? And if the answer is yes, I do not do that thing. The same should be about what you say. Would an idiot say this thing? More importantly, just own it. Like, yeah. you know, I think it's safe to say at this point that Moutier has once again been this cultural change to our bench, which... Mm-hmm. Is a good thing. I mean, you, you listen to any interview he does, any post game he does, super, super positive, loves his teammates. Tonight he ran off the floor while Joe was being interviewed by Kristen Kenny, and he yelled, I just want to be like Joe, <laughs> and ran off the floor, uh, yeah. which was hilarious. Um, Andy Bailey also. Throwback to the Mean Jung Green commercials uh, for you younger jazz fans that great. don't have any idea what that is. Here's the last one. Um, well, actually, there's going to be two more. Uh, Andy Bailey has this weird thread thing where he says, he put Moutier back in, ha-ha. And he does it every time he puts Moutier in. Which is, like, just not cute, man. To that like, I say, who's laughing now? Yeah, yeah, who is laughing now? Who was laughing then? Yeah, no one was laughing then. Like, yeah. why? Here's my point that I want to make with a lot of the things that we've talked about tonight. This Utah Jazz front office deserves, warrants, and should have everybody's full faith and confidence with 100% certainty. They bring in Mike Conley, and it's not really panning out. Give it time. It deserves your confidence that they made the right move. They bring in Manuel Moutier as a project, and he says this, and we know that it's going to be something that we take in. And then he starts producing in, at a very high rate. And we're like, whoa, this is awesome. It's because they deserved your confidence when you doubted, and they deserve it now. Credit me. Owning my mistakes in the criticisms of Niang. It looks like a completely genius move to clear minutes from him and to waive Jeff Green for doing so when Jeff Green was playing at a high level. We've owned that on this show. It's because the Jazz front office deserves your full faith, your full confidence, and your full trust. And it's Dennis not Lindsay and Jeff Zanuck. Bravo. And it, but it's also not to say that they are above criticism. 
Hundred percent true. Like we in the all decade show, we broke down some of those criticisms, and I that's why we talk. That's why we're fans. But what I'm saying is, before you get all hyped up on let's sell this because we've only seen a four month sample size, and there's no possible way that the last four months of the season will be the fir- the same as the first four months of the season. Give give it a chance uh, and let this thing grow to be what it is now, and and. I know that's easy to say in a 10-game win streak. That's why I'm saying I really hope that things pan out. And if things don't, you know, I think by the trade deadline, the Jazz will have their team finalized. They'll have to. And beyond that, we're ready to roll. And it's mm-hmm. looking like a really, really, really good thing. You know, we'll have yeah. a couple battle-tested games leading up to the All-Star break. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I fully expect the Jazz to be as competitive as they are now. In the future, mm-hmm. um, with this team, because I think this style of play, interchangeable parts, is going to translate against Denver, and against the Lakers, and against the Clips, and you know all these other really good teams that we're going to end up mm-hmm. facing. Put your trust in the team and think that we're going to do the right th- that, that they did the right thing for all of us Jazz fans out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Have I done it justice, Ben? Yeah. There's one more tweet. Um, Dan Clayton also says. Not a point guard. Not a point guard. Not like he does like a thread like that. What did I say last week? He's not a point guard. He's a basketball player. <laughs> Just let him be a basket, an interchangeable piece in this basketball but, system. But, but he was, he was, <laughs> he was saying it as like a criticism. Yeah, well, I know, and everybody wants to do that, and you know that's why he came here was to learn to be a better point guard. And he is. We're seeing that he is so much better. <laughs> We've seen him make passes that he would not have made in November. Just he's so and even early December. And he, like, the mistakes. The guy just balls. I mean, the mistakes he was making early on, you're like, these are fixable. They're boneheaded, though, you know? Yeah, and, that, and like, we're seeing less and less and yeah. less and less of it's those great. things it's being. Great. Own your stuff, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple more things. As um, we begin to wrap the show up, yeah. because we're at the 51 minute mark. Uh huh. Um, there's two things I want to talk about Rudy Gobert, um, there's some stats for you. Our friend Tim McMahon, or your friend, I met him once at a jazz game. Uh, I've had lunch with them a couple times. He said Rudy Gobert leads the NBA in the following clutch categories: a plus-minus. I got to stop you. What? Is this our official show-sanctioned plug for Rudy Gobert to the All Star game? Oh yeah, crap! We forgot. As, we as acting president of such club, vice president, and and me, vice president. Um, yeah. I'm glad we got that out there. Vote yeah. for Rudy. Vote for Rudy. For heaven's sakes, just do Tim's it. Tim's going to tell us why. Plus minus plus 66. Plus 66 in the clutch. He has a field goal percentage of 84%. 35 rebounds and 9 blocked shots. I, you know, I am not one of those Jazz fans that's like, Look at me, look at me. Why isn't anyone covering the Jazz? Cover the Jazz, cover the Jazz. I am mad, though, when players don't get the credit they deserve. Because Rudy gets needs to get the... Like, he deserves a ton of credit, which he's not getting. It's... I mean, we saw a play tonight where... I forgot what happened. It was it was the guy with the long hair. That oh, the came afro? Over. No, no, no. It has the long hair that goes down. But he was the guy that came over with... The, from the Hawks? Uh, oh, Torian Prince. Torian Prince. Yeah. He drove to the rim tonight. Rudy was standing there like, <laughs> you want to shoot that, don't you? Because I'm going to block it. And he sheepishly backed away and then dribbled to the side and then passed it out. And Ben said to me as we're watching the game, no one will talk about that. Yeah, exactly. But Rudy Gobert literally just completely put a wrench in their entire mm-hmm. setup. Yeah. Their entire offense just completely stopped, and and the penetration stopped, and I think we ended up getting a turnover. They forced up a bad something shot, happened. And yeah, we got a rebound or but, something like that. But it was it's it's stuff like that that you don't see. And, and last week's show, we put we had a huge show on loving Rudy Gobert and how and appreciating. He, we like yeah, Rudy Gobert calls game and literally hits game winners. By and and how stupid people are people who think away. he sucks. Like, come on. Get out of here, town. Rudy yeah. Gobert's been awesome. 
Um, trying to get this done in under an hour. Let's look yeah. ahead at the schedule coming up. The biggest game that we have is actually on Thursday night against those pesky Pelicans, Pelicans. from New Orleans. Zion, yes, they w- say down there, New Orleans. Cedar <laughs> Drawn would say, "Go Tigers, go Tigers, go Tigers, go Pels." Zion's Williams coming back. Zion is coming back. Zion's coming back. I am frightened. I I'm worried because out of this win streak, they've been the toughest game we've played. They're listen. They're good. I, they, I don't. They are. They are good. This is think, actually going to be a great test. Speaking of, yeah. I don't think they're a playoff team, abilities. but they're like they're frisky. I like how we team. You know, like frisky. How, <laughs> like how we say frisky. It's yeah. a review. Um, I agree with that. I I actually think having Zion back is going to be such a d- big distraction that Joe Ingles is going to be like eight threes. <laughs> <laughs> How great would that be? That's an awesome vertical, but uh, <laughs> I just scored Have you <laughs> Um Anyways, I, I really hope we win. But if, if we are going to have a hiccup and this game's gonna and this win streak comes to an end, I think it might happen on Thursday night. Yeah. Just if, because if everything be goes right for him. I mean, is yeah. that a national TV game? No, it's wow, not. Wow, I'm surprised by that because yeah. the media tends to like everything but us. Well, it, oh, I don't. I'm just kidding. Well, it's funny because the Pelicans have been on national TV like every game, but Zion has been playing, and the well, first and now that he's back and he's not, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. So we've got the Pels on Thursday. We play Saturday night, the 18th at 7 p.m. against the Kings. Yeah. It's a home game, and then we take on the Pacers on Monday night. Like, which is honestly, for some reason, we always struggle against them. I mean, these next. So these... I really hope we get to 13, which would mean we win the Pels, we beat the Kings. That puts us at twelve, and then we got to beat the Pacers. I mean, it, I and then we play the Warriors, so it very well possibly could be fourteen. These next three games, it's not like th- they're not easy outs by any means. No, but we no. should win. But I, 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 if we lose on Thursday night, I think we do bounce back with a dominating win against the Kings, mm-hmm. and then I really do hope we bring it to the Pacers because they've killed us. Yeah, we they killed us earlier in the year. They beat us twice last year. I had the privilege of being at that Pacers game where they beat us at home, and I watched Bogey pick us apart like he picks apart teams for us, which yeah. is refreshing. It's nice. Um, but anyways, that's that. Um, any closing thoughts? We kind of burnt the media to the ground. <laughs> we just want to see the world burn. Okay. We don't. I don't know why I keep saying that. i got to stop. But yeah. we appropriately called out the media for their yes. freezing cold takes yes. um and we call ourselves out as well any other things that we missed that we wanted to discuss today let's look at our um, agenda. yeah um i want to wrap the show up with any last thoughts there was one more thing there was a I'll, we'll talk about this really quickly there was a thread on twitter where he talked about just the way coverage is happening with the nba and how the like small markets are just not being posted about by ESPN and Bleacher Report. And it was talking about how Caruso has three times as many posts as Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker and stuff like that. Where My point is this. Jazz fans, I'm just going to give you guys some advice. Let's not embarrass ourselves. Let's not be like children wanting attention. And if, like, at this point, do we really care... If Bleacher Report or ESPN posts a video of Rudy dunking, like personally, I don't care because I know that we are slept on and I'm fine with it. I love it during the playoffs. Yes. I absolutely love it when everyone's like, Oklahoma City's going to beat the Jazz yes. in five games, and then we beat them in six. All I'm saying is we have this desperation to be recognized. Why not just be like happy to be the underdogs? Can we just be happy to be the underdogs? It's so much more fun. Here's here's the diagnosis for this. Mm-hmm. Watch a Utah Jazz game and look at it from the perspective that we try to share on this show. Next game, try to find the interchangeable parts. Try to find Rudy dunking. Try to find Joe Ingles smack talking. And put your hope and your faith in those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then don't get on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> All I'm saying is, like, guys, like, can we grow up? Like, who cares what Bleacher Report posts on Twitter about? Well, and the thing, like, Dennis has actually kind of led the way on that. Like, he, when things aren't right, like, he does call out stuff. Like, with the NBA, he did it with fouls. He's done it with 
publicity. And I think the Jazz front office is going to. I I think Dennis Lindsay has enough connections in this league, where he's probably. I don't know if he's going to call people, but I think out of respect for him, I do think that Rudy might be able to sneak into the All Star game as a coach's pick. Listen, I have like three different emails. I have Safari and Chrome on my phone. I downloaded Chrome to vote for All-Star Games. I'm voting twice a day there you with have two it. different emails. Okay, We are in a small market. We need you guys to work hard. Vote for Rudy Gobert. I don't think we have anything else to cover. We've discussed much. Um, yeah. As always, thank you for your listens. Uh, thank you for, for helping the show grow. Um, we love it. Um, Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, Jazz start Pod. interacting on Twitter. Jazz Pod. Email us best Utah Jazz Podcast at gmail.com. I won't try to say it because I'll mess it up. <laughs> um, and other than that, go Jazz. Let's go, go jazz. get a win against the Pels, and let's visit again next week with a 14-game win streak. Go Jazz. Go Jazz. <laughs>